Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Hey. Hi. Hi. That was a long pause we did. That was good. It was good. Was, was it? I don't know. Did it feel long? I like zoned out. <laughs> i just second. like went on a daydream yeah and fantasized went somewhere else all yeah. in that you know one second yeah two that, second like pause. millisecond pause yeah yeah <laughs> it's easy to do yeah yeah <laughs> well okay hi let's get into it yeah yeah so so big, I, big week this is a big week should i say why no don't tell them oh you tell them <laughs> Okay, well, it's my birthday week. Mm-hmm. So from this point on until next year, we're just going to celebrate me. For the whole year, yeah. The whole year. It's my yeah. birthday year. <laughs> you know how some people are like, it's my birthday month. It's my birthday year. <laughs> we're celebrating me. The whole year. It never ends. Yeah, you better, you know, not get sick of me because it's my birthday year. <laughs> It'll be like June. We'll be like, oh, yeah, it's still Happy Becky's birthday. birthday. <laughs> And then when we get close to October again, happy birthday again. It starts all over. (laughs) Um, Okay. So first note on the docket here to go over, creepy, freaky listener story submissions. Keep them coming. Please. Yeah. We've got lots of good ones. We want more. I want so many that we're like stressed with how many we have. Yep. That's that's what I want too. And we want them, you know, soon-ish. No, like, yeah, immediate rush, but soon-ish because it's getting, you know, close to us preparing the Halloween episode so yeah please get those in as soon as you can ASAP bitches (laughs) like if you're listening to this you have five minutes (laughs) everyone thinks I'm so bossy they're like wow she's this message will (laughs) self-destruct I'm very bossy I'm so sorry I really gotta tone it down that's okay we love you for it good good um yeah okay so maybe i'll just uh, yeah i'll just start talking about it. the case we're doing this week is actually going to be a two-parter possibly three possibly three i'll try to wrap it up in two but th- i get really carried away talking about this case because i have like so many opinions yes i have yes. like so many contradicting opinions where like one moment i'll be like this way and then the next one i'll be like wait a minute this way like it's just I got lots. I got lots. Yeah. I know. I know you do. I know this is a point of fascination for you. Mm-hmm. So it seems appropriate that we're mm-hmm. doing it this week. Yeah. Very special that's, week. I, that's the next list here that I want to talk about is that's why we chose this case to talk about this week because this is my own personal birthday present to myself. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you've already seen the title. We're talking about Ed Kemper. And like... I don't know why my hand's up. You're looking at me. My hand's just up here. It's just... Like as if you're holding a tray. Yeah, I'm just holding a a whole plate of food right now. That's how hungry I am. (laughs) But obviously it's like odd to admit it, but I know everyone has their own favorite serial killer. Not in like a, I think they're cool kind of way, but like just to learn about them. He's my favorite. Not because I'm like, oh, he's so cool. He's not. He's not a cool person. No. But he's interesting to learn about because I think he's just interesting yeah he is he is very fascinating don't shake it too much oh my mic's just wobbling all over the place drew's gonna be like Haley, you're fired (laughs) you you can put your feet back there just you know watch your little troll feet and don't be so crazy they're small but mighty they're yeah they're very you almost kicked it over (laughs) (laughs) 
Haley's getting violent already. <laughs> but yeah, so he's my favorite to talk about. So I don't know. And if you're into true crime, you probably already heard about him. I'm going to try and make it interesting and maybe talk about stuff that either hasn't already been talked about or maybe explore a new side of things. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, I've I've heard I've heard about him. Um, I know we were talking before about Mindhunter. So if you've seen Mindhunter, you've seen mm-hmm. an actor play him. Very Who well. I have a crush on. Very well. Yeah. He. Oh, it's Ex- scary. Exceptionally well. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so I know bits and pieces, but I'm excited to mm-hmm. to hear what yeah. you've researched and yeah. dug deep into. So. Yeah. So yeah, Ed Kemper. He's also known as the co-ed killer. But don't worry, I will try to rename him. I haven't come up with a name yet. <laughs> okay. I haven't. I because it, it. I haven't found one that's been you know fitting. It's got to be fitting, okay. and it also needs to do justice to the victims. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to give him like a cool name. Like the names I come up with are usually like mean to the murderers. Yeah, they should be. They should be. Yeah. They don't get to. Also, the co-ed killer is not like a. I feel like it's kind of like a blah name. It's like it's just sort of like. Lame. I don't co-eds. like it. Like he killed co-eds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's. He so should generic. be like <laughs> the, the pee-pee poo-poo killer. Like he's just do you fuck. I think we could come up actually with some of the details of this case. I think we could come up with a pretty good name. Yeah, by by at least part two, we'll have a name. Yeah, but we don't want to say it now because we don't want to. I don't want to get locked anything. in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to spoil anything just yet. <laughs> um. Okay. So all yeah, I already lost my place. I've already lost my place. Shit, I you know what? I'm gonna have to come up with like a better method of maybe. Maybe, yeah, that's something we're going to have to do for me. Because <laughs> you're great at it. You you stay on track. But I me, do I'm like, and already lost it. <laughs> but. Um, so this week, we won't really be diving into all of his murders. Okay. We will touch on two. This is more so like just like a deep dive into his like upbringing and his history and his like psychology more so to build a foundation for the murders, which will be covered in depth next episode. Um, also too, like, I think before we get anything, I want to say that Ed Kemper story as absolutely wild as it is, I wholeheartedly think his crimes were a gajillion percent avoidable on so many levels. I think that's like the first note that I want to just like get out there is like, as you listen to his story, you're going to probably either agree or strongly disagree with me. I don't, everyone has their stance on it and that's fine. I'm going to be respectful to all of it. I just think, I think so many different people, services, and just you fucking name it, failed him over and over again and created the perfect storm that is Ed Kemper. I think, yeah, I, I I don't know. And also, this is a solid warning that I'm going to go on 800 different tangents okay. throughout this because that's just what happens to me <laughs> with this case. Okay. So if I just get, just rein me in. Okay. Just rein me in. You ready? I'm ready. Ah, you're not ready. (laughs) You're not ready. She'll never be ready. She can't fucking handle the truth. (laughs) Okay, so Edmund Emile Kemper III was born on December 18th, 1948. He is, in fact, still alive today, making him a whopping 72 years old today. Ed was born to parents Edmund Emile Kemper II and Clarnell Stage or Strandberg. She has a few different last names listed on different sources due to a few, like, remarries. So I just listed the two that I found most frequently. I don't know what she like goes by like as like her last last name so whatever um i don't think she ever took the last name kemper ed has two siblings one whom passed away in 2014 uh susan she was five years older than ed and another sister named alan which i think is like actually a really pretty name for a girl 
It's spelled like A-L-L-Y-N. Oh, that's nice. You know when spelling changes the way you look at a name? The way you... Because like, I'm picturing like Alan. Yeah. Like, hey, Al. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> <But> buddy, like, <laughs> Al. Yeah. But then you picture it with a Y and you're like, oh, how... Somehow it's like, like Alan. Like an elven name or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> That's like how I read it. I was like, yeah. oh, it's like Alin. Like, I don't know. I just like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's beautiful. Um, she's two years younger than Ed and she is still alive. She's spoke out only like a few times about him, like very minimally. Like she, there's, it's hard to find information on her, but um, you also don't really need to take too much note of their names or ages. Um, they won't really come up that much again in detail. Like only really one story involves them and it's not even like really by name. Anyways. Ed spent the first few years of his life watching his parents fight constantly and claims his mother would belittle his father to just no end. So the first little while, all he saw was just like verbal abuse, mistreatment. Um, Ed claims he his first ever fantasy he he had was of his mother and father being loving together and caring for their children. But then in reality, it was quite the opposite, he claims. Um, violence, hatred, yelling, screaming. Um, Ed claims that when he was nine years old is when his father walked out on his mother and the entire family, leaving them alone. Um, he claims he he always wanted to have a good relationship with his father and like really yearned for that, but it wasn't really there. Like I know he did have probably like a surface level relationship with his father, but it just like sure. wasn't quite what he wanted. Yeah. Um, his father, who is also named Edmund Kemper, um, had moved on to remarry, and I believe he had just one son. With this new marriage, this son will come back later and I'll probably get more into him in part two. Um, He sort of pokes holes in a lot of Ed's claims and statements. So I feel like it'll be important to hear his points after I get Ed's version of events out first. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you'll hear about him later. Definitely not in this episode, then. So, okay, yeah. Don't hold your breath. No, jot that down. We're going to come back to it later. I give out homework in my episodes. I feel like that's a common theme where I'm like, remember this for next time. <laughs> and I will quiz you on it. Uh-oh. Yeah. So now his parents now are separated. I'm really paying attention. I know. You're like looking for a pen. You're like, oh, God, I've got to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> so now his parents are separated. The family's adjusting to this new way of things, which a lot of families go through. Divorce is never easy on anyone, but if handled properly, it can be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Also, in my opinion, if there really is a lot of hatred and violence filling the house because of a marriage, yeah, get a fucking divorce. That's yeah. my opinion. Like, For it's, some people, it's it's a much better solution. It really is. Yep. And like, I think it's actually quite selfish of parents to try. Can you guys hear Oscar snoring? This is insane. I can. <laughs> it's like shaking the couch. I doubt they can, but like I can yeah, hear Yeah, he's it. like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like really struggling. Um, okay, that's quite enough out of you. Um, like, I think it's really selfish to do the whole like let's stay together for the kids, and it's like you're doing more damage. Yeah, also, but, like kids are not dumb. They're not dumb. And they're also so impressionable. So if all they ever see is you guys being violent towards one another, whether that's verbally or physically, like, not good. Yeah, not good. So yes, I totally stand by this divorce. That was probably the best thing to have happened. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a future teller. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, with Ed's father not around, um, Ed describes his mother from this point on um, up until like her ultimate end as an alcoholic who was frequently drunk, filled with rage. He claims he used to be terrified of her 
and tells a story of a time where she beat him at a young age with a belt buckle belt and buckle and it was worded weirdly um and told him not to scream because she didn't want the neighbors thinking she was beating him which like okay. if that's true yeah they would think you were beating him because you were because you are yeah did you ever did you ever get the belt no. No. I, no. I, I mean, not to out my parents or anything. I got the belt. But the times were different were back then. Well, my mom, yeah, my mom talks about, like, her dad. Yeah. Um, I think I only like, got it once. But, uh, no, we never. Yeah. I think I got, like, the spank more. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. The, that was definitely, that was the 90s, <laughs> yeah, you know, where yeah. people were like, the belt's too aggressive. Yeah. But, like, you can give a little spanking yeah. if your kid's And not now behaving. before anybody goes now, and calls like, the cops they, on my parents, yeah. like, it's fine. Like, oh, they I'm weren't, fine. like, abusive. Yeah. I'm fine. I think I remember it happening, like, literally once. Yeah. But... Yeah. yeah. I, I think my dad made more jokes about using the belt. He would do the thing where he would like hold it in two hands and then like do the snap. But it was like a joke. Like he was never like, I'm going to fucking kill you or anything. And, and again, I mean, yeah. we are fine. We are fine. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I, I do remember there was like one day in specific. I think my mom and I were driving to Ottawa and they had like announced on the radio or something that like from that point on spanking was considered illegal. I think there was like something in the news about this. Like, yeah. Back, I can't even remember what year it was. It was young, but like it was young. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I can't talk ever. But so we were driving to Ottawa and like we heard this on the radio. And I remember looking at my mom being like, yeah, don't ever spank me again. But I was like joking. <laughs> and she was like, you bitch. <laughs> I was like, I will call child services. But I was just being a smart ass. I like there was actually no need for me to call child services. <laughs> she was just like, you're a fucking smart ass. Uh, she's gonna listen to this and be like oh my god i gotta hide from the fbi now <laughs> oh my god okay so it was at this point around this time roughly age nine that ed claims to have had his first violent fantasy okay and it became a recurring one of him sneaking up um on his mother and hitting her repeatedly in the head with a hammer okay. so yeah, I, I'm going to go into a tangent about this exact thing in a couple minutes. You opened your mouth like you were going to say something. I I guess it's just if your mom treats you that horribly, I don't think that's a super abnormal fantasy to have. Yeah. Like if you truly, I don't know how he's feeling at this point in his life, but if you truly like hated your parent mm -hmm. or you felt like they just treated you like absolute garbage, I'd probably fantasize about smashing them overhead with a hammer too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to like take that away from him, but at the same time... Okay, I, I'm going to jump to my tangent. I already have it written in here to talk about at some point. But, like, can you really trust your memory of what your first ever fantasy was? Because, like, I can't. Can no. you look back and be like, oh, I remember specifically my first happy fantasy was this. And, oh, my first violent fantasy was this. Like, I feel like that's difficult to do. And I he does yeah. that quite a lot where he recalls a very particular fantasy he had at a very precise age. That it almost sounds scripted. I I also wonder if, like, when we look at a lot of these serial killers, there is a lot of talk about, like, early childhood fantasies and things like that. I don't remember, like, fantasizing about a lot as a kid. Yeah. Aside from, like, maybe getting, like, a Barbie dream house or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't... I feel... I wonder if for, yeah. you know, psychopaths or sociopaths or serial, serial killers, if their fantasies are so much more vivid or so much more... Um, like impactful because of what they're fantasizing about maybe like if i had a fantasy about like killing somebody as a young child maybe i would remember that more than yeah i, I see about, what you mean that does make know, sense not having to go to soccer practice or something yeah yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fair you know i do, but i don't know because i've never had a fantasy quite yeah that dark before yeah you know yeah 
I yeah, and I don't I don't I don't know like because like was he at this point? Like nine. Yeah. Like can you? That's what I mean by can you like trust your memory or? I don't remember a lot from when I was nine. And no one really. Some of it, but like, but see, the thing about memory is like a lot of the times you almost have to be like prompted first to remember something where it's like oh yeah. like do you remember this specific thing and then it, like that's what prompts the memory but it's like he's like recalling these things with like almost little to no prompting mm-hmm. so that's where i'm like mm, are you a storyteller or is this accurate it's possible i don't know yeah that that's where uh, yeah i don't i don't know but so it was pretty obvious and is confirmed by a lot of people that like the relationship between ed and clarnell like his mother was pretty not fucking chill okay yeah so um as little ed is start to grow up a little bit he's quite literally growing up like size wise he's noted that by the age of 15 he was already six foot seven inches and 173 pounds so yeah at age 15 being that tall like that's like literally double the size of most adults i know currently did you say 173 pounds yeah so he was like a bean pole yes okay Yes. I'm like, that's so tall. And that's so, but think like, about the fact a that he's 15 even year under old. 200 pounds is, so he must've just been super tall and lanky. That's what I'm picturing. Yes. At yeah. 15, he would be super tall and very like thin, really. Yeah. Well, you almost shot up too fast yeah. for your body to even catch up with you. <laughs> right. Well, and like I, I, at 15, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause like I, I'm thinking of someone that I went to elementary school who was like, when we were in grade eight, he was probably like six, three. He was like skin and bone. Mm-hmm. but it was like i feel like he probably just like developed like height wise very early and like the weight's catching up with him now probably yeah yeah, yeah for sure i think yeah. that, that we do see that a lot with teenagers yeah. okay so because of ed's extreme increase in height and size and apparently general personality clarnell decided that the safest place for ed to sleep overnight was in this like cellar slash basement under the kitchen um it was in clarnell's wording like keeping a whole floor in between him and um his sisters and mother her claims were that this was to keep his sisters safe um as she supposedly thought he was going to assault his sisters overnight i don't know what made her think this like if there was behavior prior to doing this that warranted this kind of action or if it was just due to his size yeah if there's like it could be her just being like absolutely paranoid and just being batshit crazy or there could have been, like you said, behaviors or like comments or just some sort of weird energy yeah. that made her believe that. It's because a lot of his, I, I guess you could say homicidal behaviors don't really start until after the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what leads me to think like it was just due to his size, which like, is that really fair to like prematurely take action before something bad happens? Like, no. I, I don't know. It's definitely not fair to treat someone like a... Um, like a criminal or like a uh, sexual offender if they haven't done anything yeah (laughs) and i think too like it's one of those things where you almost like trick someone into becoming like that because it's like if i keep telling you like oh Haley, you're a rapist and i treat you as such like you might eventually one day like behave in such a way because you've like been painted in that light well i wonder well like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah well i wonder if it's kind of like jerry brutos and the shoes yeah where it's like the mom was like you this and burned them in front of him and then he now has this massive fascination well that's the thing and i wonder if ed kemper again i think there's probably a lot of things at play there 
at that time, but part of it could have been, oh, we're separating you because you're scary and um, women you, are scared of you. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we're afraid of you. I'm afraid you're going to attack women. And because of your yeah. size, you can do that. Like reinforcing yeah. that idea in his head. That's like, he's so big now he could like attack people and probably yeah. overpower them. Who knows? Well, and I was like, I feel like, okay, Clarnell, get your shit together. Because like, <laughs> if, if that was my son and at 15, he's six, seven, I'd be like, damn, the ladies are going to love you one day. Like every girl loves a tall dude. <laughs> the fuck? That's so fucking tall though yeah so i know no no i i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying like that is so tall that's like the height where living becomes more difficult for you to be tall than to be like four inches shorter where it's like yeah. you have to duck into like doorways sometimes yeah but i'd still and be like yeah ladies gonna love you of course of course you remember my obsession especially, with height. especially the ones that are like six foot mm -hmm. those are the guys they're looking for yeah but yeah, yeah so, but yeah. that is a long person. That's a long person. It's a very, it's a long How drive. How would even sleep in a bed? <laughs> is there beds that like would exist? Probably not yeah. in the basement cellar under the kitchen. I, I always think of Megan from Bridesmaids. Like I'm going to climb that like, <laughs> like a, a tree. tree. <laughs> oh God. All right. So not that, at Kemper. Yeah, not at Kemper. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. That was inappropriate. <laughs> Fuck it. That's what we're here for. I know. I know. But we got to throw in the disclaimers here and there for the sensitive folk out there. <laughs> if you're sensitive and you're listening to this, get the fuck out. I don't want you here. That was salty as hell. Yeah. Sensitive folk out there. Well, yeah, I'm bitter. I want to make gross jokes. Leave me alone. <laughs> so anyways, she kept him literally locked in there overnight and for long periods of time. Like there's notes of it being like the second dinner was finished, it would still be like light out and be like down to the basement you go. Lock, lock. And then he's in there. Damn. he claims that there was absolutely zero light like there was no light bulb in the basement um he requested a night light at one point but was told that they were too expensive how how expensive though like i yes i understand like a lot of families like struggle with finances but like even back at that time like were they not just like maybe like four or five bucks like get a would night this, light would this have been like what late 60s or early 70s well, he's born in 48 and he's like and he's 15. roughly well roughly nine between 15 at this point younger than 15. oh yeah so no so this is actually early 60s yeah i don't know i i, I would be, imagine they would be ex more, much more expensive than they are now but i would also imagine she's also just being a dick yes but and that's still. really sad get that's him a really fucking nightlight to, like, like live in darkness yeah for like it does fucking 16 hours a day yes it does such detriment on your development, like mentally, yeah. especially when you're a kid. Like, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm like, I know. You're up. I've got my <laughs> fist. <I'm> like, <laughs> this is what I mean. Sensory like sensory deprivation. It's. Yeah, I know. I I need to do a whole. We need to do an entire episode on just sensory deprivation I, and like I what it does to you to. because I feel like people don't actually understand just exactly like I, I'll probably we're gonna get into it more with cults. Mm -hmm. because like and, a and lot again, of we talked about it a little bit with the good Munder yes. and gear finner but um yeah it's there's yeah. so much there, it's just people don't realize like it how easy it is to deprive someone of their senses and you know what that's for another time i'm gonna cut myself <laughs> off now because i already can feel myself cut going off yes i i'll do that here so anyways you requested the nightlight too expensive broke ass bitch fine don't get them a nightlight whatever so he goes on to talk about that the only light he could ever see while in the basement um, was this little flame coming from the furnace, you know, kind of like from Home Alone. Yeah, that's what I was, exactly what I was picturing. 
<laughs> um, so in a few interviews, because, you know, Ed Kemper literally cannot stop talking about himself and no. his life. Um, he explains that this light made him believe at the time that he was in fact living in hell and that the flame he was looking at with the faint glow that it gave off was the flames from hell. I'm going to pause here <laughs> because this is where I wrote in to go on my tangent about memories um, that he supposedly recalls. So is it supposedly or supposedly? Supposedly. Okay. Cause I always say supposedly. That's okay. Most people I know do. Oh, this is like the episode from friends. Cause remember when Chandler's like, Oh yeah. Like people who say supposedly. And then Joey's like, <gasps> Oh yeah. <laughs> Am I Joey? <laughs> So he supposedly recalls so vividly from his childhood is something I have a problem with. I've been reading into how memory works, etc. Like I got a few books. I'll show you. They're really interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's this one by Dr. Julia Shaw. She's, I'm pretty sure, from Ontario. If you don't know her, look into her. She's extremely smart. She has a book called Evil and it explains like basically all about the stuff about evilness it's really fucking good and then the Damn. book i'm reading now about memory is like shocking mm -hmm. how little people know about memory oh yeah because in my psychology of law class we talked a lot about like child witnesses and um false confessions yes. and things like that about oh. memory and how completely unreliable it is yeah just completely like even e for the average person no, like even like if i tell you what i did last week it's probably so not true yeah, it's, it's so different like, from what we remember. Yeah. Most of the time when you're telling someone something, I mean, there isn't another person there to corroborate it. So that's yeah. why we just believe wholeheartedly yeah. what we're telling someone. But then And then the problem those... is, is when there is someone else to corroborate your story, chances are both of you are feeding off of each other's false memories and filling in gaps of things that like are just not factual. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Embellishments, yeah. things yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. time. So, yeah. Um, where the hell? Yeah, so I'm going to confirm more by the next part of this, but I, I do believe that a lot of his childhood memories, I put might be, but I'm going to just change my wording now and say are almost definitely falsified. So you're just saying that you don't think that he, that there was a flame or do you don't think he was actually living in hell? I, well, that obviously, <laughs> um, I think, I think the version of his events are just a little bit more dramatized. Yeah, that's fair to say. And very embellished and very, like, over the top and poeticized. Well, yeah, I think the fact like, that, like, if you see the furnace flame and you're, like, attributing it to the flames of hell. Yeah. I, I, I think... I, I get how you could create that as a metaphor for your life situation at that point. But with him, I think what I'm getting at is it's it's difficult for someone to reflect on their own lives and take points from their lives and then build their own story and be like, oh, when I was nine, I looked at this. So now I related it to hell. And that that's why I did this. Yeah. It's it's difficult for someone to like internally reflect and do that. But it's a lot easier for, let's say, like a therapist to sit down and ask you about your childhood memories and them kind of build the metaphor for you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. So, like, if you were like, oh, I have this memory, whatever, and you explained it to me, I could then, as your therapist, be like, oh, well, that might be why today you do this. And then you would be like, oh, that makes sense, instead of you answer your own, li like, life's questions. Do you, does that? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That's, that's where I have an issue with him, is that he fills in his own gaps. Yeah. And we know he's not, like, a technically sane individual, you know? He is. Well... 
To some degree. To some degree, but not to the average person. Yes. Not even close. Yes. <laughs> so, oh my God, here we go. I really lost my spot here. Now I won't be. Yeah. So I'm going to jump to one here where I know for sure, but I, I'm just like a little bit disappointed in how quickly everyone believes every word he says. Like, for example, he's known as being the person who helped the FBI shape how they profile killers today, which is awesome mm-hmm. that they were able to learn from him. And I think it's definitely done a lot of good. We know that it's definitely built that structure. But I think there's a lot of things that he has possibly either lied about, stretched or just changed things or or just simply like made up. Right. Um, like I do think he's like very interesting and he's still my favorite to like learn about. But like I think... He, with him being like regarded as someone with like an extremely high IQ, higher than the average human, I think that fact alone should shine some light on his ability to control the situation and tell listeners exactly what they want and need to hear to not only believe him, but like cater the results of his conversations in his favor. Mm-hmm. So like, I think when the second the FBI showed up to interview him for the first time, I think that was probably when he started just lying out of his ass and building and creating these like stories from his childhood so that the FBI would be like, wow, he really understands his own life very well. And they've built it all around that. And they just kind of, it seemed like immediately took his words as concrete. Okay. In my opinion. Sure. Like, I'm sure they're, they're obviously are skeptical of like, oh, well, how much can we really trust of his story for sure? But yeah, I would hope would hope if you're like top of the top FBI, yeah you weren't just like he's telling the truth and it's like just take everything at yeah. face value yeah but for sure i feel like a little bit of that happened where they were just like okay yeah and just mm-hmm. ran with it which it still turned out to be helpful in the I'm end i'm sure a lot of the stuff yeah that he talked about turned out to be helpful whether the details of certain situations yes. were true or not yeah yeah okay so back to it he's met the devil in the basement he's living in the depths of hell obviously we know that of course to be accurate and true it sounds like it to me right yeah <laughs> like honestly, not far off <laughs> yeah so which yeah on a serious note if this is factual which it does appear to be that way like that he was in the basement in the dark and mm-hmm. the light he would have seen would have been from the furnace because back then that would be the way it was going um this would for sure have a massive impact on like the young development of the brain like we've already said um couple this with all of the awful things that clarnell is noted as saying to ed things along the line of how weird he is um he's a freak you'll never find love etc etc stuff like that when you're like in the ages of 9 to 15 hearing that from your mom when you do already look in the mirror like oh my god i look like a monster like that would be awful like that would just be horrifying traumatic i mean it's abuse like it is. It's verbal abuse. abuse. Yeah. It's psychological abuse. Yeah, like it's, all of it. Yeah. And just constant like streams of belittlement and what I'd like to call unnecessary pre-interventions to prevent certain behaviors like before they've even happened is kind of like what set the stone for them happening yeah. in the family. Like the keeping him in the basement. That was a decision made prior to him, prior to him even having the chance to demonstrate his character. Yeah. Like it was premature. And even if you were seeing some sort of like red flags in your kids or something, 
that's not the solution to no. anything. That's no. not going to make anything better. No. Jailing them to All the basement. All that's going to do is just make him hate you. Hate you and probably bring out those behaviors that might have been avoidable. Exactly. Which is why I still stand by everything he's done ha- would have been avoidable. Like it could have easily been sidestepped with some proper intervention. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Um, which... Yeah, maybe he would have assaulted his sisters. We don't know that. But also maybe he wouldn't have. And Clarnell painting that idea in his head is, you know, probably is probably what taught him what violent tendencies were. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it probably just gave him that idea. But so now during these days, he seemed to have a reasonable relationship with his sisters. Like during the day when he was allowed out, yeah. they'd play games together. Two in particular that he claims they played and his sisters on different accounts had confirmed these stories. Um, they would play two games called Gas Chamber and Electric Chair. Okay. Was this when they were, like, younger yes. or when he's, like, 15? This is prior to 15. Okay. Okay. So I, maybe he's, like, 12 at this point. Right. And, um, he would be sitting in a chair for Electric Chair. Uh, he'd be strapped down to it and his sisters would, quote, unquote, flick the switch. And then he'd, like, slash around pretending to be electrocuted. Okay yeah oh okay <laughs> like it is definitely that. weird it's definitely weird but like whatever i guess i can see kids getting into that so that's what i'm about you're to not actually hurting each other you're right? just like pretending you're just pretending it's all imagination so every time i hear this story and then listen to like people's reactions or like tv shows or books or podcasts because i've heard it talked about a lot um they're always like yep there you have it he's fucking crazy he's obsessed with death blah 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 which yes it is nuts like it's definitely like a nuts game I'll say that. Sure, but I mean, do we know for sure whose idea it was? Exactly. Could I was it have go- been his was, sisters or something. I was going to say I that. I see some kids just being like, "Yo, let's yeah. play this weird game." I, mean, we, yeah. I don't know. As a kid, we played like cops and robbers and stuff. Well, let me just enter in my next line oh. here. <laughs> but also, and maybe I'm the crazy one. But didn't every kid play games like this? Like when we were younger and imaginative kids. Maybe we didn't play Gas Chamber. That sounds a little fucking violent. But we'd play Doctor. And you know what? Sometimes when I'd play Doctor, all of my patients would die. (laughs) I'm not fucked and I don't kill people. But sometimes when I'd play Doctor with my friends, I'd be like, well, we lost another one. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Or, you know, we'd play Manhunt where we'd go into the forest and literally pretend to shoot each other. And once you were shot, you had to lay on the ground and wait. Well, for what exactly no, i don't know it, that's what that's what i mean about like cops and robbers and stuff like we're straight up kids and acting out like police brutality and yeah shit like that and like, it was always we beat each other up but like we pretend to yeah yeah you know it's just it's all <laughs> i yeah yeah so like it's all and, somewhat related and like i do get that there's like a line for everything but i don't think this particular part of his childhood attributes to his psychology and the way that everybody else believes it does because like I've I've read that people are like, well, yeah, him wanting to play electric chair is what caused his like love for death. I 100% disagree and I will fight anybody to the end of earth. Well, it's like what, how we talk about with any other um, like serial killer or serial offender in their childhood where there's like certain things that in isolation are not weird. A child having a fascination with death in isolation is not weird. Yeah. That's that's fairly normal and lots of kids have that lots yeah. of kids have questions about it lots of kids again it's, like, it's have simply, play games around yeah. that and so in isolation no that's not weird at all i, I don't, don't think, think it is weird. exactly so I, I just think like ed himself and the people who interview and write his story constantly they do romanticize his story and create this like level of 
poeticism by connecting, in my opinion, seemingly unrelated things from his childhood to later actions in his life. Like, you know, for example, like everyone who's like a psychologist for whatever godforsaken reason loves to use this as his footnote into what he does later. This part that I'm about to get into. Um, and even Ed uses it um, as like his reasoning behind why he did it. This part here before I get into like the real thing that I think connects it but um when he was a child he would take his sister's Barbies and dolls and remove the heads and arms so like Ed and psychologists everywhere love painting this artistic story of how this is what defined his future love of decapitating women including his own mother which maybe it did contribute to it a little bit, but I don't feel it contributed as strongly as everyone else likes to paint it. I feel like just about every young boy who had a female sibling who played with dolls eventually fucked with their dolls in yeah. some in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, like, a, like my brother didn't, like, rip the heads off or anything, but, like, I heard lots of... I would be at school and lots of my friends would be like, yeah, my brother ripped the head off my doll. Yes. Like my brother just didn't happen to do that. But I heard about it lots yeah. where they're like, or, or like they dyed my doll's blonde hair pink or something. Or yeah. like my brother, oh, I've yeah, got my like, story coming off or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah, they'd usually either rip the heads off or like in my personal case, like, um, Oh, I, I wrote this. I, I just don't even know what I'm writing anymore, <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure like every kid did this. Like, my brother yeah i chopped up my story here um i have a memory maybe it's again falsified because it happened when i was a child so mm. it might not be as dramatic as i'm remembering it but he chopped off all the hair of my one like favorite barbie <laughs> right. and made it look all like fucked like all like crazy like what's her name from the rugrats was is it angelica the doll with the crazy hair angelica's like the older cousin Okay, well, she has a doll that's, like, the hair And she has a doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember the doll's name, but my brother was going for that look. Yeah. Then he dented in her skull. <laughs> and I'll be the first to tell you that my brother isn't a serial killer who decapitates women for no reason. Yeah. Again, like we said, it happens enough. Maybe it's, not every single kid does yes. it, but, like, it happens enough that it's pretty normal. So, like, this is my problem with everybody being like, oh, so because he did this when he was a child. Like, no, that's not the reason. This next part. I think is the fucking reason. Okay. Trigger warning for this next part. It's regarding animal cruelty. So if you can't stomach that, just skip ahead 30 seconds. I'm going to probably gloss through it really quick because this is like one. I was just going to say, if anyone can't stomach, it's probably you. I'm, I'm going to get into a, a personal fun story okay. <laughs> in a minute. But so skip ahead 30 seconds. I'm going to struggle. It's just like the one thing in any true crime story that makes me like literally want to vomit and cry for hours on end. So real quick. Here we go. Pause for anyone that wants to skip ahead. The family had a pet cat and Ed had actually at one point buried the cat alive, waited until it was deceased, took it out of the ground, played with its dead body a little bit and then decapitated the cat's head and placed it on a stick. Do you know how old he was at this point? Um, I think he was like between 10 and 12. Mm, okay. Okay, so this is something I would much sooner attribute to his future crimes more than the doll thing. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, we know that with serial killers that a lot yeah. of experimentation on animals and stuff. But for some reason, I feel like it's not as often talked about. Realize their yeah. uh, urges and then the escalation yes. usually moves on to mm -hmm. people. Exactly. But, and there yeah. is also something called, and you, maybe you're familiar with it from like your classes, but like the McDonald triad or the homicidal triad. 
Mm, I've, I feel like I've definitely heard about it before. So there's three things that like is done in youth that like is like a indicator for future homicidal tendencies. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. One of them is animal cruelty. Another mm-hmm. one is urinosis, which is like wetting the bed. Yep. Very frequently. Did I say that right? Urino- I probably said it wrong. I'm sure I said it wrong. <laughs> and then the other one is arson. So oh, okay. lighting fires, extreme interest in fires and burning, melting things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was wetting the bed or playing with fires. I couldn't find that anywhere. I did look. But animal cruelty is actually like the biggest red flag. Yeah. Now yeah, there's definitely. actually things in place. Like, for example, if you go to the vet and someone brings in an injured cat and they're like hesitant on saying why it's injured or a dog, for example, like the vet is now actually like legally obligated to inform local authorities oh i don't know if that's in canada or if just it's just in the states but that is a thing interesting yeah yeah because i feel like a lot of parents would be really scared if it, their it, it child would... like hurt their family pet or hurt any animal yeah because of because because the, of the... the animal cruelty one is the one that's talked about the most with yes. serial killers but it's sure. like i feel like when when they're that young Although, yeah, it probably is as a parent, like almost embarrassing to talk about or scary or just whatever. Talk about it because it's so much better to like at that point intervene versus wait 20 years and then possibly be even more embarrassed at that point to talk about your own child because of what they've maybe become. I don't know. Wouldn't you rather it stopped at a cat? Yes. As opposed to like multiple more animals and people like, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, sorry I glossed over like the details of that so quickly. I just like, like I've said it before, basically all my life and I don't care if it makes me a monster for saying it, I'm going to fucking say it. My mom will attest to this being my stance my entire life. Anyone who knows me knows that this is my stance. And I have a funny story with Megan actually about this exact thing I'm about to say. So Megan's going to go down with me on this one. I'm fucking outing her. I don't care. I can't be the only one that says this, but gun to my head, I would sooner kill a person than an animal. I know you would. You've said that your whole life. Yeah. I, I have my own logic and reasoning for it. I have reasoning, like to back it. Why? I don't know. I, if, I don't. I don't think you're alone in that. Okay, good. I better not be. <laughs> the cops are gonna come get me soon. <laughs> I know it. She's gonna kill somebody. But like, yeah. It, my funny story is one time me and Megan were driving home from London together. Like I was bringing her when you guys lived together. I was dropping her off, and I think we had either seen like a raccoon drive out, like drive out. <laughs> in a little tiny car, little tiny car. I know I like pictured it no run out into the road it was either a raccoon or some kind of animal and then this is what sparked our conversation but I like was hesitant to tell her I was like I I would have saved that animal like you'd be dead right now and then she like chuckled she was like yeah me too and I was like no like I will kill everybody around here I will swerve out of the way I don't care if there's like a family beside me with like four babies in it they're going down I'm saving that animal like and she was just like yeah me too me too like I would do the same thing I was like good I'm glad because like I it's true like for example when we almost hit the moose I was prepared to kill us all we would have, yeah i don't know i don't know if we would have made it out of there either way we're either dying. way <laughs> we did make it out for anyone who's not who like from canada or also if you are but like <laughs> me i didn't i hadn't seen a, an actual like full-grown male moose in the flesh until last year they're huge right they're like honestly <laughs> when we saw it i was like i didn't even know creatures like existed you said it was a monster big, outside <laughs> of like elephants maybe yeah. I feel like it's bigger than an elephant. It like, could I don't, be taller with the antlers. I, think it, I, I have like no idea. They're definitely like it's... not as beefy, but like... <laughs> it... I'm like sweating just talking about it. I'm getting like PTSD <laughs> again. 
Yeah. Oh my god. So for anyone that doesn't know, like mooses are my favorite animal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fucking obsessed with them. Everything I have, like my mug right now, has a moose on it. Even though one almost killed us. Yeah. She's I, she's like I love it more. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was terrifying. It was so cool though. At the same time, so I'm so cool, glad we yeah. lived. Like I know. I'm so oh glad god. we lived too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or maybe we're actually dead, and this is like a parallel like dream universe or something whoa 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 <laughs> all right so let's move on back to ed yeah i'm too sober <laughs> no, for that conversation <laughs> so true um eventually things became like way too strained at home in relation to the whole cat thing like it just did not go over well um at this point he's like roughly 14 or 15 um it's listed as like there's it's hard to narrow down exactly what had happened because his story conflicts I don't eh, whatever uh Ed was either sent to live with his father for a bit or he ran away to live with his father for a little bit okay. either way he's now at his father's for a little bit things weren't really going as planned for him um I think Ed's father was having like a lot of difficulty like connecting with him and just like adjusting to the new life um Ed wasn't really connecting with like his father's new wife and his stepbrother um so eventually at for sure age 15 ed was sent to live with his paternal grandparents maude and ed emile kemper senior oh okay because he wasn't doing so well at his dad's house he was just shipped off there let the g parents deal with him you know just pray that they don't have a cat oh you just just wait no cats no 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 okay different different like, another stuff. fucking cat really <laughs> oh if if there was Just move on to people already. i know i feel like yeah if there was like multiple animals i wouldn't be able to okay that's actually false because i'm about to talk about some birds but i feel like i can't deal with like cats and puppies like no, I, I, just, understand. I get it yeah so ed actually claims that he had a great relationship with his grandfather and that he learned a lot from him um his grandfather had taught him how to use a rifle and they'd go hunting in the forest with him which again, I know what everyone's thinking. This is foreshadowing at its finest. But again, I think as an isolated event, this is normal, especially in the States for a young boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, they'd go out with dad or grandpa and learn how to hunt for the first time. And it's supposed to be like this, like bonding experience. Yeah. Almost like a rite of passage into manhood, right? Like yeah. that's what I've always understood like hunting as, especially in the States where it's just like a normal thing. Yeah. I, like I even well, especially know, in certain areas like even in Canada like even here hunt but like probably not in like the GTA of course no but well like I I have yeah. a co-worker I'm obviously not going to disclose um but like he is an avid hunter mm-hmm. and you know he's talked about hunting deer he, he wants to do a moose hunt I told him no <laughs> um he's signed up to do bear hunts like you you sign up for these things and yeah whether other people agree with them or not I personally don't but there's like regulations I don't don't have anything wrong with hunting for like if you if you're hunting to like eat that animal yeah like if you're just hunting to kill it or whatever yeah I don't agree with that that but I think I think a lot I do know people that go up and hunt and then they're like I have meat for like the entire Mm -hmm. like winter yeah and Drew and I have a a family member that like when when this person hunts they use everything like that animal is fully honored like every piece of them does not go to like quote unquote waste they're used like either for meat clothing like you name it like it's obviously like it's touchy for people that don't agree with this like i personally don't but i for again for for like not wasting it i really don't mind and i think it's probably a more humane way 
to kill an animal than our food industry does so, yes exactly <laughs> like if that's if your argument is that it's not a humane way to kill it or something like that then i'd argue yeah. otherwise yeah yeah I'm, i mean with I, you on that. I eat meat every day and i don't kill <laughs> like it my, I, I, I don't kill it myself and they definitely don't are not nice to those animals no. so i just feel like i'd be a hypocrite to be yeah. like like chastise someone for hunting their yeah. own meat yeah <laughs> i wish i could do it <laughs> yeah i would never be able to like <laughs> me and drew always talk about like if the apocalypse ever happens like who would survive and i'd be like oh i'm always like yeah, i'd fucking do so great and he's like becky you wouldn't be able to kill a squirrel and eat it though like you wouldn't yeah, and I was I like, you're right. I was like, I'd kill you though and eat you. Like, I'd have no problem. <laughs> that's see, that's me though. Like, I you can you'd picture survive me. Fine, you'd start. I'd a probably. Cult. I would. Yes. <laughs> Who's in? Who wants to be part of my cannibal cult? We're gonna roast Drew over the fire. We're gonna cook him and eat him. <laughs> it's true. I'd have an easy time doing that. Okay, not easy. It would suck. I'm making myself sound way worse than I am, but I'd have a much easier time doing that than. I an understand. adorable animal. We're gonna have to cut this out because I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so much fucking hate mail. Yeah. Oh. Y- you know what? I'm not even gonna look at the hate mail. I'm not gonna look at it. I don't want to like tempt fate, but we haven't gotten any yet, have we? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if we have enough listeners yeah. for that. No. <laughs> so far, it's been all positive until yeah. this episode comes out, and everyone's like, "Oh." um so ed claims that his grandmother maude which i also like that name i do like that name uh was exactly like his own mother the same like domineering negative personality constantly belittling his uh grandfather they were fighting 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 i gotta get speech like therapy sessions (laughs) can i like schedule with you is that like a thing yeah i'm not licensed yet but you know what like we'll do it under the table it's fine i I need help clearly (laughs) So they're always fighting, not flightling, um, constantly. She's always telling Ed what to do and what not to do, always getting him in trouble, etc. cetera, uh, which is also something that like, I, I do question about him is like, he clearly like has like a disdain for women. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe like, because of his negative experiences with his mother, if that's just like how he views all women now, I does think, that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think there's definitely an argument for children in general about um their opinions about like women or men Mm -hmm. being shaped a little bit by their experiences with their own parents because like that's your first relationship with anybody yeah for the most part unless like one of them's not in the picture yeah but i think that's probably fair to say that his relationship with his mom shaped a lot of how he looked at women yeah i think so Mm -hmm. so i think like maybe it was just like almost like imagination to some degree where like i i don't know how mod actually was i have to we have to just go on what he claims really in yeah. a situation but like what i'm questioning is was she really like that or did he just paint her in that light because that's how he saw all maternal figures to be yeah it's i don't it's know very possible so one day ed's outside playing with his gun where when he apparently wasn't supposed to be um he would regularly shoot birds which is weird and you're not like specifically hunting there are rules and regulations behind hunting animals as we previously mentioned like literally anywhere you can't just go outside and shoot the first bird you see like you need to follow the rules of hunting yeah of course um so he's outside he's killed a bird um i know he'd probably killed multiple of them but this this time in particular maude catches him and she takes his gun away um this infuriates ed like he's livid this is his last straw like he's done dealing with 
these maternal figures always bossing him around, belittling him, taking things away. This is just too much for him. He's been belittled his whole life up to this point and in his eyes mistreated constantly and now Jima took his gun away. So they're in the kitchen after this incident. Ed goes and he finds his now hidden gun and he goes up behind Maud as she's just sitting at the kitchen table like she's either reading the newspaper or eating some lunch and he shoots her in the head and then doesn't stop there. He then continues to shoot her a few extra times in the back. Ed has a moment of peace, he says, where he felt calm after this like relief to some degree. Um, Then he hears his grandfather pull up in the driveway from like running into town and he goes into panic mode. Now his panic mode isn't the kind of panic a normal thinking person would imagine. His panic isn't like, oh my God, like what have I done? You know, it's his panic is, oh shit, I don't want my beloved grandfather to see his wife has been killed by me. He claims that in this moment he feels sad and empathetic for his grandfather. Which is interesting that he feels the need to express that he, in fact, does feel empathy for Mm -hmm. him. So his resolution to this problem that he's currently facing of not wanting his grandpa to see what has happened, he decides to head outside to where Ed Sr. is arriving home and he shoots him to death as well. He waits a little bit and then he calls the local authorities and turns himself in. From this point on, he's admitted to a Tescadero State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. And um, at this time on his arrival, they claim to have diagnosed him as a paranoid schizophrenic. But other reports say that at that time, they didn't actually have a properly fitting mental health diagnosis for him. Like he didn't fit. So there's two things. One that's like, oh, he was a paranoid schizophrenic. But other like a lot of other reports claim that there wasn't actually a mental health diagnosis that fit him. at all he then spends several years here from ages 15 to 21 and we're gonna stop here for part two don't worry though part two will cover all of his extremely interesting points while at a tescadero as well as his murders and we're gonna get into all the juicy stuff next week because there's a lot that happens at a tescadero and what happens after his release it's very interesting all right. So now you have the basis to go off of. Yes, the beginnings yeah. of Ed Kemper's mm-hmm. We're building. Spree. We're getting, well, we can't really call it a spree. No? No, because the timeline. He's more serial than spree. Well, yes. Yeah. But, but like. His, yeah. his journey. His journey. <laughs> his ride. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's that for part one. All right. Yeah. Oh. I'm invested. Oh, I want right. to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't. I'm stopping there. Well, shit. You're looking at me like, okay, keep going. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. You have to wait. All right. We all have to wait. So, yeah. Obvi- obviously, as we mentioned earlier, there's going to be a second part, clearly. Maybe a third. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how Maybe far a seventh. We get into it. I don't know. It's going to be like, yeah, like nine parts in. Okay, guys. So, this is the last one, I swear. I swear to God, <laughs> if there's more than two parts, it will only be three. <laughs> I know. I That's know. That's it. Because I, like, I also get bored. No, I, I'll never get bored of Ed Kemper. Let me just stop there. But I, I get, like, distracted where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a new case. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I'm like, okay, I'm moving on to the next thing. So, like, if I have to go to three parts, and beyond i'm that's where i'm gonna be like nah i'm moving on so yeah fair enough um so if there is so depending on how extremely in depth we end up going and that it goes if it goes past part two and we have to do three parts 
we've we've decided that that maybe maybe if we're feeling extra like you know generous we might give you part two in the same week as part one maybe i'll release it on my birthday happy birthday (laughs) we we don't know yet we don't know we'll see we'll find out by the time this episode comes out we'll probably know yeah which means you'll know which means you'll know which means i'll know and then they'll know that we know we know (laughs) we don't know that they know that you know yeah I can't do the rest of it. I, I, <laughs> I can't even say a regular sentence. <laughs> um, yeah. All so right. let's well, wrap this bitch up. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed. You can join any tier and we'll love you just as equally. So, yeah. I flipped my hair there. <laughs> she did. I, I was like, oh. <laughs> it was like one there strand. There is no one watching us. There's lots of people watching us. This is being live streamed right now. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Um, If you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to howtonotgetkilled at gmail.com or DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at howtonotgetkilled. Ta-da. 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 (laughs) Ta-da. All right. All right. Well. Is that it? I guess so. I guess so. So what are you guys getting me for my birthday? Wait, <laughs> don't just <laughs> All Can't right. tell you. Keep, keep it sleazy. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.